As we continue to worship, I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them, back to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. And I want to speak to you very briefly tonight, before we partake of the Lord's Supper, on the subject, why Christmas is necessary. Why Christmas is necessary. At the conclusion of this message, we will invite everyone gathered here who has turned from their sin and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and been baptized as a a symbol of your death and burial in Christ and resurrection to a new life in Him, to, to walk in fellowship with Him, we would invite you to partake with us in the Lord's Supper. But before we get there, I want to take a look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23, to examine the vital link between Christmas and Easter. The vital link between Christmas and Easter. Would you look with me at Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 23? Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, behold, The virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Would you bow with me? Lord Jesus, in the moments to come, we pray, God, that you would break our hearts afresh uh, for the the miracle of Christmas, God, that, that we would be reminded how much you have loved us in Christ, how much you've given to us in Christ. And supremely, God, that the gift of God with us, that we can know you personally, deeply, individually. God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In this text, Joseph now knows that Mary is pregnant, and he also knows that he has had nothing to do with it. He was a righteous man looking for the coming of God's Son, but entirely unprepared for the idea that of all the dads in the planet, he would get to be the adoptive father of the Son of God. Although he was legally engaged or betrothed to Mary, and he could have made things quite difficult for her, he wanted to end the engagement secretly to protect Mary and then move on with his life. But in verse 20, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to to take Mary as your wife, for the child who's been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now we've heard that so many times at Christmas that it's easy to sort of brush on by that, but the angel is saying the child belongs to God. God did it. Joseph, it's okay, and and you're waiting for the explanation, and the explanation is because your fiancé's child has nothing to do with another man, but is a miracle of God. God is the Father of Mary's son. And now you look at the promise of verse 21. She will bear a son and you'll call his name Jesus, which means salvation 
Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Already in this passage, we've seen two miracles. We've seen the miracle of the incarnation of Jesus, that God becomes man, he takes on flesh, and now we read of the miracle of the atonement, that God would make a way through the Son being incarnate to take away our sin. If we keep reading in the Gospels, we learn that this Son willingly dies to pay the penalty for sin and be raised so that we may have a forever share in his life. And here's what I want to make sure that we all understand tonight. Without the miracle of Christmas, the miracle of Easter would be of no value to us. Romans 5 tells us that our bent towards sinning, the condemnation that we deserve, and the death that results all came through Adam. From the first sin in the garden until today, everyone on the planet is born on the fast track towards sin condemnation, and death. Everyone save one whose name is Jesus. Because Jesus was not born in Adam. He had no human father. Jesus was separate from sin so that he could be our sinless substitute and truly save his people from their sins. What is the price of sin? Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Without Jesus coming as a sinless son, our sin was still going to lead us to a forever spiritual death, separated from the favorable presence of God forever. But because Jesus was miraculously conceived as a spotless, sinless son in Mary, he could be our substitute and die in our place on the old rugged cross. At the cross, when Jesus willingly died to satisfy God's righteous anger against sin, Paul says this, God made him who knew no sin, meaning Jesus, to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Church, this is the greatest trade in all of world history. My sin for God's righteousness through Jesus' death in my place. This is why we worship. This is possible because, because of Christmas, because of the miraculous way in which Jesus came. There's no forgiveness of sin without that perfect substitute dying in our place. So when you think of Christmas, I want you to think of it in this way tonight. Jesus, God the Son, coming down is already preparing by the way that He comes He's preparing to offer himself as the one John would call the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The miraculous arrival of Jesus within Mary's womb makes it possible for him to atone for our sin and save us from them. Because Jesus is miraculously conceived, we can be miraculously cleansed. And I want to tell you some good news Maybe you don't yet know this truth. Maybe your sin is still resting on your own shoulders rather than upon the shoulders of Christ who bore them to Calvary. If you will trust in Christ and turn from your sin, God will forgive you. And He won't just forgive your sin. You get something more amazing than that. You get God. Look at verses 22 and 23. 
Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin will be with child and will bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Translated means God with us. God with us. In other words, we get to be with God. The God that we sinned against and, and rejected and were cast out of his presence because of sin, because of the death of the perfect Son of God, he welcomes us back into his presence. We could never work our way back to God. So God came down to us. In fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, God the Son leaves heaven to be born as Jesus, to be God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus does not just come at Christmas, give his life on Good Friday, and resurrect on Easter to forgive our sin, but he does it so we can also, do you see it in verse 21? So we can be his people. We belong to God. We are his children through the death of his son, which means we can know God, we can worship God, we can serve God, and we can do it all in spirit and in truth. When Jesus returned to heaven, he sent that same Holy Spirit who had conceived him in Mary's womb to convict sinners of their sin, to convict us that God is righteous and we are not. And to convict us that there is a day that has been, been fixed in which God will come and judge humankind. But the promise is this. If that spirit is convicting you of sin and righteousness and coming judgment, he will also let you hear the promise of the gospel. That if you believe upon Jesus, you can have God as your father through the blood of his son and it will be confirmed by the indwelling presence and seal of the Holy Spirit of God himself who will lead you to delight in Christ until he returns. So as our deacons prepare to serve the Lord's Supper at this time, I want to share with you, church, that if you've been cleansed of your sin, if you've been reconciled to a right relationship with God by the perfect sacrifice of Jesus who left heaven for sinners, that we want to invite you now to, to get back to that first Christmas night and to meditate on the miracle that God became a man so that he could rescue sinful men and women, that he could purchase you back and make you his own. This evening, let's thank God for the amazing gift of Jesus born at Christmas to take our place. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we, we can't do justice to the fact that you left the throne room, that you left the praise of angels, that you left the heavenly realm to, to come down to earth. But God, we want to try. Lord, help us to, to cast our mind back to the cradle and then to the cross and to Remember the high price of our salvation. And God, as we look toward 2020, we pray, God, that we would be people who worship you well. God, that we worship you from the very depth of our being, because that is where you have changed us, at our root. And God, you've given us new desires and new affections to see Christ magnified in this city. God, to see people come to saving faith in Christ. God, to see the nations one in Jesus' name, as we go and as we send missionaries around the world. God, as we partake of this Lord's Supper, remind us of the privilege we have of feasting on Jesus Christ. 
the Son. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.